All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, VR1. We're going to continue with our debate series, and we're going to work our way to the vice president debate, which I think was my favorite. So here we go. From viewers like you, thank you. Good evening, I'm Judy Woodruff, and welcome the to the first PBS one was News Network's hilarious. special uninterrupted coverage of the final presidential debate of this 2020 election. In just a few moments, President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden will be on stage at the Curb Event Center on the campus of Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Just this week, the debate commission made a change in the debate rules. One candidate's microphone will now be muted while his <laughs> opponent delivers an initial two-minute-long answer at the start of each of six topic segments. The topics tonight, chosen by the moderator, are fighting COVID-19, American families, race in America, climate change, national security, and leadership. The final debate has in the past focused on foreign policy, and the Trump campaign complained about the changes made as a result of the cancellation of the second debate, which the commission decided would have to be done virtually. This debate on the latest calendar date in recent history comes as the coronavirus infection rate is again rising across the United States, and after the president himself contracted the virus three weeks ago. This matchup comes as early voting continues at an historic pace in all 50 states, with more than 47 million Americans having already voted. Tonight's moderator is Kristen Welker of NBC News. To her in a moment, but joining me tonight for our special coverage are PBS NewsHour White House correspondent Yamish Alcindor, Congressional correspondent Lisa Desjardins, who's covering the Biden campaign, foreign affairs and defense correspondent Nick Schifrin, and senior national correspondent Amna Nawaz, who will be watching the debate along with several voters linked in virtually from around the country. Plus, Amy Walter of the Cook Political Report, along with Washington Post contributing columnist Gary Abernathy. He's in Ohio. And syndicated columnist Cynthia Tucker, she's in Alabama. Welcome to all of you. We are so glad to have you with us. In the little bit of time we have before we go to the debate, Yamiche Alcindor, what is it that the president hopes to accomplish tonight? Well, we can expect another all-out brawl. He's going to be accusing Joe Biden many, many times of corruption through his son, Hunter Biden. The president will also be vigorously defending his response to the coronavirus, as well as attacking the moderator, which he has already started to do. And Lisa Desjardins, just quickly, the Biden campaign in a few seconds, their goal. They want to make this about President Trump's record. We are cutting you short in order to go to moderator Kristen Welker. She's on stage. She's about to introduce the candidates, President Trump and Joe Biden. Good evening from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Kristen Welker of NBC News, and I welcome you to the final 2020 presidential debate between President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. Tonight's debate is sponsored by the Commission on Presidential Debates. It is conducted under health and safety protocols designed by the Commission's health security advisor. The audience here in the hall has promised to remain silent. No cheers, boos, or other interruptions, except right now, as we welcome to the stage former Vice President Joe Biden and President Donald J. Trump. I do want to say a very good evening to both of you. This debate will cover six major topics. At the beginning of each section, each candidate will have two minutes uninterrupted to answer my first question. The debate commission will then turn on their microphone only when it is their turn to answer. 
and the commission will turn it off exactly when the two minutes have expired. After that, both microphones will remain on, but on behalf of the voters, I'm going to ask you to please speak one at a time. The goal is for you to hear each other and for the American people to hear every word of what you both have to say. And so with that, if you're ready, let's start. And we will begin with the fight against the coronavirus. President Trump, the first question is for you. The country is heading into a dangerous new phase. More than 40,000 Americans are in the hospital tonight with COVID, including record numbers here in Tennessee. And since the two of you last shared a stage, 16,000 Americans have died from COVID. So please be specific. How would you lead the country during this next stage of the coronavirus crisis? Two minutes uninterrupted. So as you know, 2.2 million people modeled out were expected to die. We closed up the greatest economy in the world in order to fight this horrible disease that came from China. It's a worldwide pandemic. It's all over the world. You see the spikes in Europe and many other places right now. Uh, if you notice, the mortality Trump rate is, quick. is down. The China pandemic. Uh, the actual <laughs> mortality rate is way down and much lower than almost any other country. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. There is a spike. There was a spike in Florida and it's now gone. There was a very big spike in Texas. It's now gone. There was a very big spike in Arizona. It's now gone. And there are some spikes and surges in other places. They will soon be gone. We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within weeks, and it's going to be delivered. We have uh, Operation Warp Speed, which is the military is going to distribute the vaccine. I can tell you from personal experience that uh, I was in the hospital. I had it. And I got better, and I will tell you that uh, I had something that they gave me, a therapeutic, I guess they would call it. Some people could say it was a cure. But uh, I was in for a short period of time, and I got better very fast, or I wouldn't be here tonight. And now they say I'm immune. Whether it's four months or a lifetime, nobody's been able to say that, but I'm immune. Uh, more and more people are uh, getting better. We have uh, a problem that's a worldwide problem. This is a worldwide problem. But I've been congratulated by the heads of many countries on what we've been able to do uh, with the, if you, if you take a look at what we've done in terms of goggles and masks and gowns and everything else, and in particular ventilators, we're now making ventilators all over the world, thousands and thousands a month, distributing them all over the world. It will go away, and as I say, we're rounding the turn, we're rounding the corner, it's going away. Okay, former Vice President Biden, to you, how would you lead the country out of this crisis? You have two minutes uninterrupted. 220,000 Americans dead. You hear nothing else I say tonight. Hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. We're in a situation where there are a thousand deaths a day now, a thousand deaths a day, and there are over 70,000 new cases per day. Compared to what's going on in Europe, as the New England Medical Journal said, they're starting from a very low rate. We're starting from a very high rate. The expectation is we'll have another 200,000 Americans dead between now and the end of the year. We just wore these masks, the President's own advisors have told them. We could save 100,000 lives. And we're in a circumstance where the President thus far and still has no plan, no comprehensive plan. What I would do is make sure we have everyone encouraged to wear a mask all the time. I would make sure we move in the direction of rapid testing, investing in rapid testing. I would make sure that we set up national standards as to how to open up schools and open up businesses so they can be safe and give them the wherewithal, the financial resources to be able to do that. We're in a situation now where the New England Medical Journal, one of the serious, most serious journals in the, in the whole world, said for the first time ever that this, the way this president has responded to this crisis has been absolutely tragic. And so, folks, <laughs> I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. 
President Trump, I'd like to follow up with you. So basically, Biden ran on COVID. That's what he ran on. You're referencing Regeneron. You also said a vaccine will be coming within weeks. Is that a guarantee? Without COVID, I don't think Biden wins. But it will be by the end of the year. But I think it has a good chance. There are two companies, I think, within a matter of weeks. And it will be distributed very quickly. Can you tell us which companies? Uh, Johnson & Johnson is doing very well, Moderna is doing very well, Pfizer is doing very well, and we have numerous others. Then we also have others that we're working on very closely with other countries, in particular Europe. Let me follow up with you, and because this is new information, you have said a vaccine is coming soon within weeks now. Your own officials say it could take well into 2021 at the earliest for enough Americans to get vaccinated. And even then, they say the country will be wearing masks and distancing into 2022. Is your timeline realistic? No, I think my timeline is going to be more accurate. I don't know that they're counting on the military the way I do, but we have our generals lined up, one in particular that's the head of logistics. And this is a very easy distribution for him. He's ready to go as soon as we have the vaccine. And we expect to have 100 million vials. As soon as we have the vaccine, he's ready to go. Vice President Biden, your reaction, and just 40% of Americans say they would definitely take the coronavirus vaccine if it was approved by the government. What steps would you take to give Americans confidence in a vaccine if it were approved? Make sure it's totally transparent. Have the scientists of the world see it, know it, look at it, go through all the processes. And by the way, He's, this is the same fellow who told you this is going to end by Easter last time. This is the same fellow who told you that, don't worry, we're going to end this by the summer. We're about to go into a dark winter, a dark winter. And he has no clear plan and there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the American people before the middle of next year. President Trump, your reaction, he says you have no plan. I don't think we're going to have a dark winter at all. We're opening up our country. We've learned and studied and understand the disease, which we didn't at the beginning. When I closed and banned China from coming in heavily infected and then ultimately Europe, but China was in January. Months later, he was saying I was xenophobic. I did it too soon. Now he's saying, oh, I should have, uh, I should have, you know, moved quicker. But he didn't move quicker. He was months behind me, many months behind me. And frankly, he ran the H1N1 swine flu, and it was a total disaster, far less lethal, but it was a total disaster. Had that had this kind of numbers, 700,000 people would be dead right now, but it was a far less lethal disease. Uh, look, his own person who ran that for him, who, as you know, was his uh, chief of staff, said, it was catastrophic. It was horrible. We didn't know what we were doing. Now he comes up and he tells us how to do this. Also, everything that he said about the way every single move that he said we should make, that's what we've done. We've done all of it. But he was way behind us. Vice President Biden, your response? My response is he is xenophobic, but not because he shut down access from China. And he did it late after 40 countries had already done that. In addition to that, what he did, he made sure that we had 44 people that were in there in China trying to get to Wuhan to determine what exactly the source was. What did the president say in January? He said, no, he said, this is, he's being transparent. The president of China is being transparent. We owe him a debt of gratitude. We, to, we have to thank him. And, and then what happened was we started talking about using the Defense Act to make sure we go out and get whatever is needed out there to protect people. And again, I go back to this. He had nothing. He did virtually nothing. And then he gets out of the hospital and he talks about where this is. Oh, don't worry. It's all going to be over soon. Come on. There's not another serious scientist in the world who thinks it's going to be over soon. President Trump, your reaction? I say over soon. I say we're learning to live with it. We have no choice. We can't lock ourselves up in a basement like Joe does. He has the, <laughs> he has the ability to lock himself up. I don't know. He's obviously made a lot of money someplace, but he has this thing about living in a basement. People can't do that. By the way, I, as the president, couldn't do that. I'd love to put myself in the basement or in a beautiful room in the White House and go away for a year and a half until it disappears. I can't do that. And Kirsten, every t every meeting I had, every meeting I had, and I'd meet a lot of families, including Gold Star families and military families, every meeting I had, and I had to meet them. I had to. It would be horrible to have canceled everything. I said, you know, this is dangerous. And you catch it. And, you know, I caught it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Great doctors, great hospitals. And now I recovered. 99.9 .9 of young people recover. 
99% of people recover. We have to recover. We can't close up our nation. We have to open our school, and we can't close up our nation, or you're not going to have a nation. And of course, the CDC has said young people can get sick with COVID-19 and can pass it. Vice President Biden, I want to talk broadly about strategy, though. You have can I respond to that? 30 seconds, please, well, and then seconds. I have a question. No, number one, he says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. You folks home will have an empty chair at the kitchen table this morning. That man or wife going to bed tonight and reaching over to try to touch their out of habit where their wife or husband was is gone. Learning to live with it. Come on. We're dying with it because he's never said, as you said, it's dangerous. When's the last time? Is it really dangerous still? Are we dangerous? You tell the people it's dangerous now. What should they do about the danger? And you say, I take no responsibility. Let me talk about your team. Excuse me, I take, Very full, I take full responsibility. You went straight to the people. It's not my fault that it came here. It's China's fault. And you know what? It's not Joe's fault that it came here either. It's China's fault. They kept it from going into the rest of China for the most part, but they didn't keep it from coming out to the world, including Europe and ourselves. Vice President Biden. The fact is that when we knew it was coming, when it hit, what happened? What did the president say? He said, don't worry. It's going to go away. Be gone by Easter. Don't worry. The warm weather. Don't worry. Maybe inject bleach. He said he was kidding when he said that. A lot of people thought it was serious. A whole range of things the president has said. Even today, he thinks we are in control. We're about to lose 200,000 more people. President Trump. Look, perhaps just to finish this, I was kidding on that, but just to finish this, when I closed, he said I shouldn't have closed. And that went on for months. What Nancy Pelosi said the same thing. She was dancing on the streets in Chinatown in San Francisco. <laughs> but when I closed, he said, this is a terrible thing. You're xenophobic. I think he called me racist even. And because I was closing it to China. Now he says I should have closed it earlier. It just, Joe, it doesn't work. I didn't say either of those things. You certainly did. You certainly did. I talked about a xenophobia in a different context. Hmm. It wasn't about closing the border to Chinese coming to the United States. All right, I want to talk about both of your different strategies to handle. He thought this. I shouldn't have closed the border. Well, let's, That's obvious. Is that, do you want to respond to that quickly, Vice President? No. Okay. Well, let's talk about your different strategies toward dealing with this. Mr. Vice President, you suggested you would support new shutdowns if scientists recommended it. What do you say to Americans who are fearful that the cost of shutdowns, the impact on the economy, the higher rates of hunger, depression, domestic and substance abuse outweighs the risk of exposure to the virus? What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. It's his ineptitude that caused the, virus, caused the country to have to shut down in large part. Why businesses have gone under, why schools are closed, why so many people have lost their living, and why they're concerned. Those other concerns are real. That's why he should have been, instead of in a sand trap in his golf course, he should have been negotiating with Nancy hmm. Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats and Republicans about what to do about the acts they were passing for billions of dollars to make sure people had the capacity. But you haven't ruled out more shutdowns. No, I, I'm not shutting down the name, but there are, look, you need standards. The standard is if you have a reproduction rate in a community that's above a certain level, everybody says, slow up, more social distancing, do not open bars and do not open gymnasiums, do not open until you get this under control, under more control. But when you do open, give the people the capacity to be able to open and have the capacity to do it safely. For example, schools. Schools, they need a lot of money to open. They need to deal with ventilation systems. They need to deal with smaller classes, more teachers, more pods. And he's refused to support that money, or at least up to now. Let's talk about schools. President well, Trump, I, I you... think we have to respond, if I might. Please, and then I have a follow-up. Thank you, and I appreciate that. Look, all he does is talk about shutdowns, but forget about him. His Democrat governors, Cuomo in New York, you look at what's going on in California, you look at Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Democrats, Democrats all, they're shut down so tight and they're dying. They're dying. And he supports all these people. All he talks about is shutdowns. No, we're not going to shut down and we have to open our schools. And it's like, as an example, I have a young son. He also tested positive. 
By the time I spoke to the doctor the second time, he was fine. It just went away. Young people, I guess it's their immune system. Let me follow up with you, President Trump. You've demanded schools open in person and insist they can do it safely. But just yesterday, Boston became the latest city to move its public school system entirely online after a coronavirus spike. What is your message to parents who worry that sending their children to school will endanger not only their kids, but also their teachers and families? I want to open the schools. Uh, the transmittal rate to the teachers is... Uh, very small, but I want to open the schools. We have to open our country. We're not going to have a country. You can't do this. We can't keep this country closed. This is a massive country with a massive economy. People are losing their jobs. They're committing suicide. There's depression, alcohol, drugs at a level that nobody's ever seen before. There's abuse, tremendous abuse. We have to open our country. You know, I've said it often. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. And that's what's happening. And he wants to close down. He'll close down the country if one person in our in our massive bureaucracy says we should close it down. Vice President Biden, you're simply not true. We ought to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We ought to be able to safely open. But would they need resources to open? You need to be able to, for example, if you're going to open a business, have social distancing within the business. You need to have, if you have a restaurant, you need to have plexiglass dividers so people cannot infect one another. You need to be in a position where you can take testing rapidly and know whether a person is, in fact, infected. You need to be able to trace. You need to be able to provide the, all the resources that are needed to do this. And that is not inconsistent with saying that what... We're going to make sure that we open safely. And by the way, all you teachers out there, not that many of you are going to die, so don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Come on. <laughs> President he Trump, said not that up. many of you are going to die. This. If you go and look at what's happened to New York, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. And when you talk about plexiglass, these are restaurants that are dying. These are businesses with no money. Putting up plexiglass is unbelievably expensive, and it's not the answer. I mean, you're going to sit there in a cubicle wrapped around with plastic. It's These are businesses that are dying, Joe. You can't do that to people. You but just you can. can't. Take a look at New York and what's happened to my wonderful city for, for so many years. I loved it. It was vibrant. It's dying. Everyone's leaving New York. Take a look Vice at what President New York has done in terms of turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does. Blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike in the coronavirus. They're the red states. They're the states in the Midwest. They're the states in the upper Midwest. That's where the spike is occurring significantly. But they're all Americans. They're all Americans. And what we have to do is say, wear these masks, number one. Make sure we get the help that the businesses need, that has money's already been passed to do that. It's been out there since the beginning of the summer, and nothing's happened. President, New York has lost more than 40,000 people, 11,000 people in nursing homes. President Trump, what when about... When you say spike, take a look at what's happening in Pennsylvania, where they've had it closed. Take a look at what's happening with your friend in Michigan, where her husband's the only one allowed to do anything. It's been like a prison. Now it was just ruled unconstitutional. Take a look at North Carolina. They're having spikes, and they've been closed and they're getting killed financially. We can't let that happen, Joe. You can't let that happen. We have to open up, and we understand the disease. We have to protect our seniors. We have to protect our elderly. We have to protect especially our seniors with heart problems and diabetes problems, and we will protect them. We have the best testing in the world by far. That's why we have so many cases. Let me follow up with you before we move on to our next section. President Trump, this mm. week you called Dr. Anthony Fauci the nation's best-known infectious I'm looking at a fucking turbo kick. A disaster. For my Corvette. You described him and other medical experts I as love idiots. It. If you're not listening to them, who are you listening to? <clears> to let me, this? I'm listening to all of them, including Anthony. I get along very well with Anthony, but he did say don't wear masks. He did say, as you know, this is not going to be a problem. Uh, I think he's a Democrat, but that's okay. He said, this is not going to be a problem. We are not going to have a problem at all. When Joe says that I said, Anthony Fauci said, and others, and many others, and I'm not knocking him a lot. Nobody knew. Look, nobody knew what this thing was. Nobody knew where it was coming from, what it was. We've learned a lot. 
But Anthony said, don't wear masks. Now he wants to wear masks. Anthony also said, if you look back, exact words. Here's his exact words. This is no problem. This is going to go away soon. So he's allowed to make mistakes. He happens to be a good person. Vice President Biden, your response quickly, and then we're going to move on to the next section. My response is that think about what the president knew in January and didn't tell the American people. He was told this was a serious virus that spread in the air, and it was much worse than, much worse than the flu. He went on record and said to one of your colleagues, recorded, that in fact he knew how dangerous it was, but he didn't want to tell us. He didn't want to tell us because he didn't want us to panic. He didn't want us, Americans don't panic. He panicked. But guess what? In the meantime, we find out in the New York Times the other day that in fact his folks went to Wall Street and said this is a really dangerous thing. And a memo out of that meeting, not from his administration, but from some of the brokers said, sell short because we got to get moving. It's a dangerous problem. Well, this is I'm going to give you 30 seconds to respond, and then we're the going to move one, on. I don't know. Somebody went to Wall Street. You're the one that takes all the money from Wall Street. I don't take it. I have. You, you have raised a lot of money, tremendous amounts of money. And every time you raise money, deals are made, Joe. I could raise so much more money as president and as somebody that knows most of those people. I could call the heads of Wall Street, the heads of every company in America. I would blow away every record, but I don't want to do that because it puts me in a bad position. And then you bring up Wall Street. You shouldn't be bringing up Wall Street because you're the one that takes the money from Wall Street, not me. My I, average I could blow away your records that, like you wouldn't believe. We don't need money. We have plenty of money. In fact, we beat Hillary Clinton with a tiny fraction of the money that she was able. All right, gentlemen, we're going to move on. Don't tell me about Average we're contribution, gonna... $43. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, hmm. which is national security. And I do want to start with the security of our elections and some breaking news from overnight. Just last night, top intelligence officials confirmed again that both Russia and Iran are working to influence this election. Both countries have obtained U.S. voter registration information, these officials say, and Iran sent intimidating messages to Florida voters. This question goes to you, Mr. Vice President. What would you do to put an end to this threat? You have two minutes uninterrupted. I made it clear, and I ask everyone else to take the pledge. I made it clear that any country, no matter who it is, that interferes in American elections will pay a price. They will Here we go with the Russia shit. It's been no overwhelmingly proof. clear this election, I won't even get into the last one, this election, that Russia has been involved, China has been involved to some degree, and now we learn that that uh, that uh, Iran is involved. They will hmm. pay a price if I'm elected. They're interfering with American sovereignty. That's what's going this on This is so right much now. bullshit. None sovereignty. of that shit. Where the, the fuck is the proof? I don't think the president said Nowhere. anything to Putin about it. I don't think he's talking them a lot. I don't think he said a word. I don't know why he hadn't said a word to Putin about it. And I don't know what he has recently said, if anything, to the Iranians. My guess is he'd probably be more outspoken with regard to the Iranians. But the point is this, folks. We are in a situation where we have foreign company countries trying to interfere in the outcome of our election. His own, own national security advisor told him that what is happening with his buddy, well, I, won't, I, should, oh, I will. His buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian, that is not true. And then what happens? Nothing happens. And then you find out that everything that's going on here about Russia is wanting to make sure that I do not get elected the next president of the United States because they know I know them and they know me. I don't understand why this president is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan, when he's engaged in activities that are trying to destabilize all of NATO. I don't know why he doesn't do it, but it's worth asking the question, why isn't that being done? Any country that interferes with us will, in fact, pay a price because they're affecting our sovereignty. President Trump. Same question now, this to you. Is let me, let me ask why you a question. Two minutes to respond for two Looking back in contrast and retrospect, right? What would right? you do in your next term to put an end to this? Two minutes. Well, let me respond to the first part as Joe answered. Joe got three and a half million dollars from Russia, and it came through Ooh. Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow, and it was the mayor of Moscow's wife. And you got three and a half million dollars. Your family got three and a half million dollars, and you know, someday you're going to have to explain why did you get three and a half. I never got any money from Russia. I don't get point. money from Russia. Now, about your thing last night, I knew all about that. And through John, who is John Redcliffe, who is fantastic, DNI, 
He said, the one thing that's common to both of them, they both want you to lose because there has been nobody tougher to Russia with between the sanctions. Nobody tougher than me on Russia. Between the sanctions, between all of what I've done with NATO, you know, I've got the NATO countries to put up an extra 130 billion going to $420 billion a year. That's to guard against Russia. I sold, while he was selling pillows and sheets, I sold tank busters to Ukraine. There has been nobody tougher than, on Russia than tank Donald Trump. Tank busters to Ukraine. I'll tell you, that's they why so they putting up that fight, fucking up those tanks. You remember that very well. You see, the during truth your comes out. Term, during you and Barack Obama, they took over a big now we're in the middle of this fucking war. Ukraine. You handed it to them. Fucking innocent people dying on all fronts. It's some money, bullshit. And they probably still I fucking are. hate it, but man. But now, with what came out today, it's even bad for every all person that has been hurt by all this fucking bullshit. God bless. And Joe, you were vice president when some of this Definitely was happening. We'll see them in heaven, and it should you know have never I mean? happened. It's just and fucked I up. think you owe an explanation to the American people. Why is it? Somebody just had a news conference a little while ago who was essentially supposed to work with you and your family. But what he said was damning. And regardless of me, I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now. Vice President Biden, you may respond. And then I do I, want to follow up on the election security. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever. Number one. Number two. This is a president. I have released all of my tax returns. 22 years. Go look at them. 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? Why are you unwilling? The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country, all around the world. And China's building a new road to a new ga a, a, a golf course you have overseas. So what's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? President Trump, your response. First of all, I called my accountants, underwrote it. I'm going to release them as soon as we can. I want to do it. And it'll show how successful, how great this company is. But much more importantly than that, people were saying $750. I asked them a week ago, I said, what did I pay? They said, sir, you prepaid tens of millions of dollars. I prepaid my tax. Tens over the last number of years. Tens of millions of dollars I prepaid. Because at some point they think it's an estimate. They think I may have to pay tax. So I already prepaid it. Nobody told me that. Did your account Nobody tell told you, you that. Excuse them? me. And it wasn't written whenever they write this. They keep talking about $750, which I think is a filing fee. But let me just tell you. I prepaid millions and millions of dollars in taxes, number one. Number two, I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't <laughs> make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. All right, gentlemen, I want to ask you both some questions about all of this. But to I'm going to let you both respond very quickly. You just said you spoke to your accountant yes. about potentially releasing your taxes. Did he tell you when you can release them? Do you as have a the deadline for when you're going to release them? I get the treated people? worse than the Tea Party got treated. Because I have a lot of people in there. Deep down in the IRS, they treat me horribly. We made a deal. It was all settled until I decide to run for president. I get treated very badly by the IRS, very unfairly. But we had a deal all done. As soon as we're completed with the deal, I want to release it. But I have paid millions and millions of dollars, and I, it's worse than paying. I paid in advance. It's called prepaying your taxes. Okay. I paid in advance. I want to ask you both about questions regarding your potential foreign entanglements and questions that have been raised to give you both a chance Some to talk about this really more broadly. Respond very quickly, and then I'll get to my question. Why did he, he's been saying this for four years? Show us. Just show us. Stop playing around. You've been saying for four Everybody years you're going to release your taxes. Nobody knows, Mr. President. What they do know 
is you're not paying your taxes or you're paying taxes that are so low. When last time he said what he paid, he said, I only pay that little because I'm smart. I know how to game the system. Come on. Come on, folks. So, President Trump, and then I hmm. want to get to two questions to both of you. Sure. I was put through a phony witch hunt <laughs> for three years. It started before I even got elected. They spied on my campaign. No president should ever have to go through what I went through. Let me just say this. Mueller and 18 angry Democrats and FBI agents all over the place spent $48 million. They went through everything I had, including my tax returns, and they found absolutely no collusion and nothing wrong. $48 million. I guarantee you, if I spent $1 million on you, Joe, I could find plenty wrong. Because right. the kind of things that you've done <laughs> and the kind of monies that your family has taken, I mean, your brother made money in Iraq, me... millions of dollars. Your other brother made a fortune. And it's all through you, Joe. And they say you get some of it. And you do live very well. You have houses all over the place. You live very well. All right, gentlemen, let me just ask oh, some man. questions about all of this broadly. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard so to Ukraine, what the deal. we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person when he was going through his impeachment testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. I carried out U.S. policy. Not one single solitary thing was out of line. Not a single thing, number one. Number two, the guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do and did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had, a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. President Trump, let me, let me ask way, my question to you. But could I just, one, one thing? Very quickly. His son didn't have a job for a long time, was sadly no longer in the military service. I won't get into that. And he didn't have a job. As soon as he became vice president, Burisma, not the best look, not the best reputation in the world. I hear they paid him 183,000 a month. Listen to this, 183, and they gave him a three million dollar upfront payment. All right. And he had no I, energy. I'm going to let the vice president respond to that quickly, and then dishonest. I need to get to a question to you. Very no quickly, basis for that. Everybody investigated that. No one said anything he did was wrong in Ukraine. Okay, President Trump, this is for you. Since you took office, you've never in divested Ukraine. from your business. Here we you've go. In Ukraine. Russia, Ukraine. Russia, Ukraine. Who's in war right now? Because the wrong person won. I have many bank accounts, huh. and they're all listed, and they're all Some over the Some bullshit place. going I mean, on in Washington. Doing business. The there is some fucking to, bullshit is, going on. Knows about it. It's listed. I'm just the a historian. I'm just going back. Like I'm just sitting back, mesmerized by this shit. That's what it was. It was open to. I'm looking at Dodge Vipers though, man. Fuck that. I'm back in the market for these shit. Because I was going to do. I was Fuck thinking about doing a deal in China, like though, man. God damn it. I was thinking about it, and I decided I'm not going to do it. Didn't like it. I decided not to do it. I want a hard top. I want eighty for them shits, man. And I close it. Okay. Excuse me. And then, unlike him, where he's vice president and he does business, I then decided to run for president after that. That was before. So I closed it before I even ran for president, let alone became president. Big difference. He is the vice president of the United States, and his son, his brother, and his other brother are getting rich. They're like a vacuum cleaner. They're sucking okay. up money. <laughs> we do need Not to true. move on. I do want to ask you I like the way uh, Trump talks, about China. but I also Let's like the way China Biden speaks. Broadly. There have, of course, President Trump has said that they should pay be, for be surprised. You're two different kind of education beginnings, I guess. If you were president, would you make China pay? And please be specific. What would that look like? What I'd make China do is play by the international rules. Not like he has done. He has caused the deficit of China to go up, not down, with China, up, not down. 
We are making sure that in order to do business in China, you have to give all your intellectual property. You have to get a, have a partner in China. It's 51 percent. We would not do that at all, number one. Number two, we're in a situation where China would have to play by the rules internationally as well. When I met with Xi at, and uh, when I was still vice president, he said, we're setting up air identification zones in the, in the South China Sea. You can't fly through them. I said, we're going to fly through them. We just flew B-52, B-1 bombers through it. We're not going to pay attention. They have to play by the rules. And what's he do? He embraces guys like the thugs like in North Korea and and uh, and the Chinese president and Putin and others. And he pokes his finger in the eye of all of our friends, all of our allies. We make up only we're, we're 25 percent, 25 percent of the world's economy. We need to be having the rest of our friends with us saying to China, these are the rules. You play by them or you're going to pay the price for not paying by them economically. That's the way I will run it. And that's what we did in upholding steel tariffs and a range of other things when we were president and vice president. All right. Let's talk about oh, North oh, Korea. Oh, let, excuse let, me. No, I have to yes. respond to that. Okay. Very quickly, and then we're going to move on to with North a billion Korea. and a half dollars from China to Not manage after true. spending 10 minutes in office and being in Air Force Two, mm -hmm. number one. Number two, there's a very strong email talking about your family wanting to make $10 million a year for introductions. President Trump, on China policy, though, what no, specifically no, are you going to do? What specifically are you going to do to make China pay? You've said you're going to make all, them pay. China is paying. They're paying billions and billions of dollars. I just gave $28 billion. New sanctions? I just gave $28 billion to our farmers. Taxpayers' China, money. It's what? Taxpayers' money. Income no, no, yeah, China. you know the taxpayers. It's called China. China Not paid true. $28 billion, and you know what they did to pay it, Joe? They devalued their currency, and they also paid up. And you know who got the money? Our farmers, our great farmers, because they were targeted. You never charged them anything. Also, I charged them 25% on dumped steel because they were killing our steel industry. We were not going to have a steel industry. Okay. And now we have a steel okay. industry. Okay. Vice President Biden, your response, please. Good response point. Is, look, this isn't about – there's a reason why he's bringing up all this malarkey. There's a reason. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about the, the, the substantive issues. It's not about his family and my family. It's about your family. And your family's hurting badly. If you're making less than, if you're a middle class family, you're getting hurt badly right now. You're sitting at the kitchen table this morning deciding, well, we can't get new tires, they're bald because we have to wait another month or so. Or are we going to be able to pay the mortgage? Or who's going to tell her she can't go back to, to community college? They're the decisions you're making in the middle class families like I grew up in Scranton and Claymont. They're in trouble. We should be talking about your families, but that's the last thing he wants to talk about. I want to talk about North Korea. Excuse me, just I do want to turn to please. 10 seconds, Mr. President. That's 10 a typical seconds. political statement. Let's get off this China thing. And then he looks, the family, around the table, everything. Just right. a typical politician when I see that. Let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's why I got elected. That's a good let's comeback. Let's get off the subject of China. Let's talk around, sitting around the table. All right. Come on, Joe, you can well, do better. We're going to talk about North oh, Korea now. President Trump, okay. you met with North Korea. But they're, they're even. They're going back and forth. You know, I must say that. You've touted the fact that there hasn't been a war. You know, a I don't agree. Test. I'm and just saying. And yet North saying. Korea recently rolled out its biggest ever intercontinental ballistic missile and continues to develop its nuclear arsenal. Do you see that as a betrayal of the relationship you no. forged? Just 30 seconds here because we need to get on to the next So week. when I met with Barack Obama, we sat in the White House, right at the beginning, had a great conversation. It was supposed to be 15 minutes, and it was well over an hour. He said the biggest problem we have with North is North Korea. He indicated we will be in a war with North Korea. Guess what? It would be a nuclear war, and he does have plenty of nuclear capability. In the meantime, I have a very good relationship with him. Different kind of a guy, but he probably thinks the same thing about me. We have a different kind of a relationship. We have a very good relationship, and there's no war. And, you know, about two months ago, he broke into a certain area. They said, oh, there's going to be trouble. I said, no, they're not, because he's not going to do that. And I was right. Look, instead of being in a war where millions of people, Seoul, you know, is 25 miles away, 
millions and millions, 32 million people and so Millions of people would be okay. dead right now. President we Trump, that's 30 seconds. Thank you. Vice President Biden, to you, North Korea conducted four nuclear tests under the Obama administration. Why do you think you would be able to rein in this persistent threat? Because right? I'd make it clear, which we were making clear to China, they had to be part of the deal. Because here's the reason I made it clear and as a spokesperson of the administration when I went to China that they said, why are you moving your missile defense up so close? Why are you moving more forces here? Why are you continuing to do... Uh, um, uh, military maneuvers with South Korea. I said, because North Korea is a problem and we're going to continue to do it so we can control them. We're going to make sure we can control them and make sure they cannot hurt us. Make sure and so we if you want to do something them. about it, step up and help. If not, it's going to continue. What has he done? He's legitimized North Korea. He's talked about his good buddy who's a thug a thug and he talks about how we're better off and they are have much more capable missiles able to reach U.S. territory much more easily than ever did before. Let me follow up with you, Vice President Biden. You've said you wouldn't meet with Kim Jong-un without preconditions. Are there any conditions under which you would meet with him? On the condition that he would agree that he would be drawing down his nuclear capacity to get that the Korean Peninsula should be nuclear-free zone. All right, let's move on to American families. President, they tried Very to quickly, meet with 10 him. Seconds, President. They tried to meet with him. He I wouldn't did. do it. He didn't like... Obama. He didn't like him. He wouldn't do it. Okay, I gotta give him a chance to respond to that he before we do move it. on. And no that's way. okay. You know what? North Korea, we're not in a war. We have a good relationship. You know, people don't understand. Having a good relationship Trump, with leaders of on, other countries we have is a, a lot good of thing. We have a lot of questions to get yes, to. Not your response. Understand. We had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe. <laughs> the rest of Europe. Come on. The reason he would not meet with President Obama is because President Obama said, we're going to talk about denuclearization. We're not going to legitimize you. We're going to continue to put stronger and stronger sanctions on you. That's why he wouldn't meet with us. All right. Let's it didn't move happen. on. Let's Excuse move on me. and talk about he left American me families. A mess, President Trump. Okay, we they do need to move on. They left me a mess. North Korea hmm. was a mess. We and in fact, if you remember so the first two or three months, tonight, it was a very Trump. dangerous period of my first three months before we sort of worked things out a little bit. Okay. There was a very They left us a mess. And Obama would be, I think, the first to say it was the single biggest problem, he thought, that our country. Okay, let's move on to American families and the economy. One of the issues that's most We're important finish to with this segment is right health care, as you both know. Today, there was a key vote on a new Supreme Court justice. Amy Coney Barrett, and health care is at the center of her confirmation fight. Over 20 million Americans This is Americans exactly why I wanted to go back to this. As a it's time traveler that I am. And your administration, Mr. President, is advocating for the court to overturn it. If the Supreme Court does overturn that law, those 20 million Americans could lose their health insurance almost overnight. So what would you do if those people have their health insurance taken away? You have two minutes uninterrupted. Sure. First of all, I've already done something that nobody thought was possible. Through the legislature, I terminated the individual mandate. That is the worst part of Obamacare, as we call it. The individual mandate where you have to pay a fortune for the privilege of not having to pay for bad health insurance. I terminated. It's gone. Now it's in court because Obamacare is no good. But then I made a decision. Run it as well as you can to my people, great people. Run it as well as you can. I could have gone the other route and made everybody very unhappy. They ran it. Uh, premiums are down, everything's down. Here's the problem. No matter how well you run it, it's no good. What we'd like to do is terminate it. We have the individual mandate done. I don't know that it's going to work. If we don't win, we will have to run it and we'll have Obamacare, but it'll be better run. But it no longer is Obamacare because without the individual mandate, it's much different. Pre-existing conditions will always stay. What I would like to do is a much better health care, much better, will always protect people with pre-existing. So I'd like to terminate Obamacare, come up with a brand new, beautiful health care. The Democrats will do it because there'll hmm. be tremendous pressure on them, and we might even have the House by that time, and I think we're going to win the House, okay? You'll see, but I think we're going to win the House. But come up with a better health care, always protecting people with pre-existing conditions. And one thing very important, we have 180 million people out there that have great private health care. Far more than we're talking about with Obamacare. Joe Biden is going to terminate all of those policies. These are people that love their health care. People that have been successful, middle-income people, 
been successful. They have 180 million plants, 180 million people, families. Under what he wants to do, which will basically be socialized medicine, he won't even have a choice, they want to terminate 180 million plants. We have done an incredible job on health care, and we're going to do even better. Okay, Vice President Biden, yes, this is for you. Your health care plan calls for building on Obamacare. So my question is, what is your plan if the law is ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court? You have two minutes uninterrupted. What I'm going to do is pass Obamacare with a public option, become Biden care. The public option is an option that says that if you, in fact, do not have the wherewithal to be, if you qualify for Medicaid and you do not have the wherewithal in your state to get Medicaid, you automatically are enrolled, providing competition for insurance companies. That's what's going to happen. Secondly, we're going to make sure we reduce the premiums and reduce drug prices by making sure that there's competition that doesn't exist now by allowing the Medicare to negotiate drug prices with the insurance companies. Thirdly, the idea that I want to eliminate private insurance, the reason why I had such a fight for with 20 candidates for the nomination was I support private insurance. That's why I didn't. Not one single person with private insurance would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. They did not lose their insurance unless they chose they wanted to go to something else. Lastly, we're going to make sure we're in a situation that we actually protect pre-existing. There's no way he can protect pre-existing conditions. None. Zero. You can't do it in the ether. He's been talking about this for a long time. There is no, he's never come up with a plan. I guess we're going to get the pre-existing condition plan the same time we get the infrastructure plan that we've been waiting since 17, 18, 19, and 20. The fact, I still have a, little, a few more minutes. I know you're getting anxious. The, <laughs> the fact is that there, hmm. he's already cost the American people because of his terrible handling of the COVID virus and the economic spillover. Ten million people have lost their private insurance. And he wants to take away 22 million more people who have it under Obamacare and over 110 million people with pre-existing conditions. And all the people from COVID are going to have pre-existing conditions. What are they going to do? I have a follow-up for you, Vice President sure. Biden. It relates to something that President Trump said. He's accusing you of wanting socialized medicine. What do you say to people who have concerns that your health care plan, which includes a government insurance option, takes the country one step closer to a health care system run entirely by the government? What's I your say it's ridiculous. It's like saying that, you know, we're uh, the idea that the fact that there's a public option that people can choose. That makes it a socialist plan. Look, the difference between the president, I think health care is not a privilege, it's a right. Everyone should have the right to have affordable health care. And I am very proud of my plan. It's gotten endorsed by all the major labor unions as well as as well as a whole range of other people who in fact are concerned in the medical field. This is something that's going to save people's lives, and this is going to give some people an opportunity an opportunity to have health care for their children. How many of you home are worried and rolling around in bed tonight wondering what in God's name you're going to do if you get sick because you've lost your home insurance, your, your, your health insurance, your company's gone under? We have to provide health insurance for people at an affordable rate, and that's what I do. President Trump, me, he was your there response. for 47 years. He didn't do it. He was now <laughs> there as vice president for eight years, and it's not like it was 25 years ago. It was three and right, three quarters. Gentlemen. It was I, I just think we, a little we, while ago. We got our right? point Less across here. He didn't do anything. He um, didn't do it. He wants socialized again, medicine, and it's not that he wants surprisingly it. Surprisingly, evenly matched. I mean, although she is is it, more It's just crazy to me the way things ended up happening. Bernie Sanders wants it. The Democrats want it. Shit is all fucked up or in the middle of fucking like war. With fracking. We're I'm going to go back fracking. to history. We're going to stop fracking. We're going to stop fracking. To, then he goes to Pennsylvania after he gets a nomination. To figure out what the fuck happened in the last year. And he goes to Pennsylvania, and he says, we're going to have fracking. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you and for you your time. Question. And Peace by out. the way, so far, I respect very much the way you're handling this. I have to say. By the way, 